0: All right, welcome to the Rogue Tours Podcast. I'm Chad Durham. Hi, I'm Jacob Hampton. And we are coming to you today with our If We Picked the Winners podcast, or podcast episode. And this is lovingly patterned after Siskel Niebert, as I've mentioned on some previous podcasts. Siskel and Ebert, when they were um, in the 90s, they did If We Pick the Winners. And the, the point of that show was not for them to say, this is who I think is going to win. It was not for them to say, um, you know, this is going to be an upset. It was just for them to say, if we had a vote, who would we vote for? And, and we don't have votes Jake and I. Not yet. And, <laughs> exactly. We're in the process. We're, in the, we're working on it. Our applications are in, and I feel very strong about them. Um, and so we dressed up just to put on a show for you out there in Facebook Live. And those of you on the podcast, we are wearing bow ties as well as very nice clothes to kind of represent the Academy today as if we were actually handing out, you know, statues, which of course we're not. Um, anyway, Cisco we used to do that. I loved it when I was a kid, and I loved the idea that, you know, you could disagree with the prevailing opinion if you could kind of back it up. And so what we're going to do is with each cat we'll go, we're doing 11 categories. Um, and uh, they're arguably the top 11. I mean, that's not, that may not be true for everyone. We're not doing Best Documentary, which is, which is a pretty big category, and Best Production Design. Generally speaking, 11 of the top categories. And we're each going to give our picks for If We Had a Vote who we would vote for. Uh, so with each category, we'll take a, a little bit of time to kind of discuss who the front runners are, um, discuss kind of where the category is at as far as what we've seen um, in reading articles online, in our own opinions, um, in previous award shows and things like that. And then we'll pass our envelopes to one another and announce each other's winners and then have a brief talk about that. Um, and so, yeah, so I've been pretty excited just because as I've stated before, I, lo- I loved Siskel Niebert as a as a kid and I'm excited to do something that they they did. One other kind of cool thing, um, our editor in chief, whose name is Tom Jones, uh, he also gave his pick. So first we'll give his pick. His we already have, we don't have envelopes for them, but we'll give his pick. Um and then we'll each give our own pick. So I say we'll we'll just jump into it. If you're out there on Facebook Live, we know you may have things to do on this Friday night. So we're gonna jump right in. Um and um our first our first category is Best Song. Uh, and Best Song, I, I thought, was a particularly strong category this year. Um, I don't know. What do you think, Jake?
1: Uh, yeah, no, definitely stronger than years past. Yeah. I actually had already heard of most of the songs, I think. Yeah. Or all of them.
0: Yeah. There's a Sting song from a movie called Jim, the James Foley story that I had not heard. I have listened to it since, but I have not seen that movie. Um, and then you have Audition, uh, subtitle The Fools Who Dream from La La Land, Can't Stop the Feeling from Trolls, City of Stars also from La La Land, and How Far I'll Go from Moana. And the category itself, I think, uh, it seems to be that most people think City of Stars is going to win. Have, yeah. you, have you seen that? Have you?
1: Yeah. And that's also my opinion. <laughs> but yeah. I think It will win.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Jake and I have touched on this topic prior to this on the podcast. City of Stars is a very good song. Um, uh, and has lots of, uh, uh, melancholy built into it. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, but maybe not the strongest song even from La La Land in our opinion, perhaps. Um, and then Can't Stop the Feeling. Not a lot of people think will win, but very cool for Justin Timberlake to get yeah. his first Oscar nomination. It's infectious. It's catchy. It's the biggest radio hit of all of these, right. obviously. He'll be performing it. Um, and then How Far I'll Go, which is written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Uh, the Hamilton star and, of course, uh, wrote the music and the book, the book and the lyrics for, for Hamilton. So that's pretty cool. He'll actually be singing that with the, the voice of Moana uh, on the Oscars.
1: So they are doing just traditional best song performances? Yeah, I, yeah. Or, okay.
0: uh, yeah. Uh, Sting's going to sing, Timberlake's going to sing, Lin-Manuel and Ali'i Cravalo. I don't know how to say her name, but um, we'll be singing. And then John Legend is singing both songs from La La Land.
1: Really? Uh, yeah Yeah uh,
0: okay. I, I, uh I have no knowledge But I would assume They asked Ryan Gosling And Emma Stone I don't know That would be my guess And they may have said Like well we're You know that's not our thing I, I don't know I don't know <laughs> uh-huh. I'm interested to see What a John Legend um, Audition version yeah. Is going to sound like Because I feel like City of Stars Is right in his wheelhouse Right but audition will be kind of a different, a different kind of thing, yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a strong category. Yeah. Some people think that La La Land will split the vote since it has two, and then it will go to probably How Far I'll Go is the thought, mm. um, if that happens. So um, yeah, let's let's get it. Let's go. Okay. Do we let's say go. Tom's first? What's that? Do we say Tom's before?
1: Tom's oh, Tom's.
0: Back. Yes, Tom's. Of course, Tom like. The the popular vote, it seems like, <laughs> Tom would pick City of Stars from La La Land. And he said, actually, it's still stuck in his head nearly two months later after seeing uh, La La Land. So, yeah. Do you want to go first? I do you want to, do you want to go first? Do you wanna... trade?
1: <laughs> yeah. And then I just well, open this? Okay, you go. Okay. This is going sh- to shock people. the I wish we had uh, yeah. don't know, music or and something. The you know? And the Oscar from Chad. And Chad's Oscar. And Chad's, goes. And Chad's Oscar goes to... <laughs> Audition, The Fools Who Dream, Justin Hurwitz, La La (laughs) Land.
0: Benj, right, Benj Posick, is that his name? The guys who wrote
1: with him? Oh, I don't know. But he did help write this song, right? Oh, yeah, he definitely did. All right,
0: I'm going to open Jake's, and then we'll talk about ours real quick before we move.
1: Oh, my gosh, audition!
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised. (laughs) I don't think we're going to have the same the whole night. No, we won't. Um, And we've talked about this before Jake's Oscar goes to audition I should have said that
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: it does um it does uh that audition to me does the most in the movie not only is it a beautiful song well sung by Emma Stone but it has so much writing on it yeah and that's yes. and that's why i'm surprised it's not higher up in the talks like yeah. to me it seems like if if you liked la la land if you felt like it was deserving of a lot of its nominations it's the song that really for me knocked Knocked it out of the park and
1: right, yeah, it's the emotional climax of the movie. Yeah, for me, really, but uh, it doesn't seem that it, it has yeah. st- stood out to as many people. I mean, yeah. obviously enough to get the nomination, but most definitely, I, uh, yeah,
0: yeah. If that, I mean, it it's one of my highest on if it somehow at, uh upset at the Oscars as far as highest as far as me being excited. Right. Yeah. Like I would just I would go uh, go crazy. Over oh that. yeah, I'd go nuts. Yeah, yeah. All right. We we are trying to we are trying to speed. I'm very rambly usually, so uh, let's go to our second category, which is best supporting actress. This one is interesting because um, traditionally, best supporting actress actress has had many surprises at the Academy Awards, where the person or people considered to be uh, the front runners don't win. Mm. And you've had people like Marissa Tomei win and Anna Paquin win in the past, and more than that than even just that I'm mentioning. And so people often see it as like, ooh, is someone different going <laughs> to win? Um, and uh, this was one of the ones I took the longest to write down on my envelope. But let's talk really quickly about the people who are nominated and who, who are seen as the frontrunners. So we've got Viola Davis from Fences. Right. Naomi Harris from Moonlight. Nicole Kidman from Lion. Octavia Spencer from Hidden Figures. And Michelle Williams from Manchester by the Sea. A strong category. One of the few that almost everyone got exactly right in, in guessing who would get nominated. Like, we got it right on Rogo Tours. A lot of people got it right um, because they were the front runners yeah. from the get-go, and everyone thought they were great. Um, Michelle Williams, it's interesting. She's barely in Manchester by yeah. the Sea, but makes such a strong impression. She's very good in it. Um, Octavia Spencer, she always does good work. I, it was interesting. I saw that very recently, and uh, I was surprised. She's great, and I, no knock, but out of the three, that she was the one who got singled out. I thought she was yeah. great, but I thought no, I thought Janelle but... Monae was great, and I thought yeah. Taraji P Henson was great, and and for her to, you know, and she's won before, right? So for her to have gotten it felt a little odd to me. Um, Naomi Harris, did you want to say? Did you want to say anything about her from Moonlight? Just as far as.
1: Um just that I'm glad that she got the nomination. I yeah. mean, it, like you said it wasn't ever really in jeopardy the, Yeah, per se. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: once the once the favorites became the favorites.
1: Yeah. But yeah, I'm 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 pretty satisfied overall with the yeah, with too. the pool. And
0: Viola Davis has been nominated uh, multiple times before and hasn't won, and she is considered the front runner. Uh, she's won a lot of the previous awards. Um, I know there've been some articles. The Ringer wrote a great article on why Naomi Harris should win, which is very very interesting. Nicole Kidman is well loved by by the Academy, generally speaking, and so that wasn't a big surprise. So yeah, let's uh, shall we? We shall. All right, you opened first last time, so, okay, so I'll, I'll you open first. yours. Yeah, I'm excited also, to see. I
1: apologize for my
0: handwriting. <laughs> handwriting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, oh, here we go. We're open. As those of you on the podcast may not know, we are we are opening. Physical, These envelopes, physical envelopes with, with names on them, yes. used in previous so.
1: ceremony envelopes. <laughs> so.
0: And Jake's Oscar for Best Supporting Actress goes to... Naomi Harris. Naomi Harris. Woo! Oh, we forgot to do Tom's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we we want to make sure to do Tom's. Tom, uh... Went with the prevailing opinion, which is Viola Davis (laughs) in
1: Fences. Is that going to be the theme for Tom's pit? I guess we'll see. Uh, Okay, and Chad's Oscar for Best Supporting Actress goes to Viola Davis. Oh, Viola Davis, curveball! All right, did you want to say? Do you want to say
0: some things about Naomi Harris, who who is the only actress, who's the only actor or actress that's in all three? Sections of Moonlight's kind of three oh, sections. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I
1: hadn't really thought about it. That's the way. only
0: character, but the only actress or actor. Right. Yeah, uh,
1: which is interesting. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Anyway. And
0: she filmed her role in just a couple days. Really. Yeah. Oh, see, it's a big I'm... story about it. well, I, and I've read, and the Ringer's article was great. Um, I've just I had read some things, and I've talked to my sister, uh, Krista, whose pick would have been Naomi Harris or Michelle Williams, because mm. um, we talked, but. Yeah, she filmed it in like. I mean, honestly, it was like. It may have even been less than that.
1: No, less than two days. It was days? like forty-eight hours. Oh it my was gosh. like it was
0: like sixty hours. Something ridiculous. I don't know the exact number, and I apologize, but right, she had to do it all so quickly.
1: That's even more incredible. It's then, pretty impressive, that huh? It, every the whole range that she had to cover, in that movie, uh, yeah, I was just really impressed that she pulled off the manic you know, drug-addicted mother, Um, so interestingly, and then also, uh, you know, won my kind of, like, love and sympathy for her still by the end, like, if she's not, uh, I mean, you definitely condemn a lot of her behavior, but she's not a a villain, necessarily, in the movie, so...
0: That's hard to um, do. Yeah,
1: Yeah, yeah, and so I was, I don't know, it was just really confident, I never is the kind of performance that I love to see and, and my favorite and what I would pick for the best performances of the year, which yeah. is that I didn't, I didn't feel like I was watching a performance. I just felt like I was seeing a, a person. Yeah.
0: They, uh, that same article I keep referencing, I read it very recently. Uh, they talked about how she resists a lot of cliches to, with that type of performance, and that helps her be more sympathetic. Yeah, And, and she, has just, she has a couple of really great scenes. Especially the scene where she kind of confronts, well, Juan confronts her and she in turn confronts him. Yeah. And they're on the street outside of the car if you've seen Moonlight. it's oh, so good. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. And and definitely, we're, and I love Naomi Harris and Best Supporting Actress, one of the last ones I wrote. And it was, for me, it was between Viola Davis and mm. Naomi Harris. And I'll be honest, I'm not going to pretend. I was swayed a little bit by good work Viola Davis has done before. Uh, I'm a big fan of hers, and I like the subtlety of her work in contrast to Denzel Washington's more blustery. He's great, by the way, but he's he's a lot more animated and 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 I don't even you know, passionate. Mm-hmm. And she has to repress a lot of that and and blow up in some scenes. And I just any time Viola Davis gets into her like. Let me tell you something <laughs> i'm I'm in I'm always in and and so you know, I was swayed a little bit by that. I was swayed a little bit by past performances and and her being worthy at this point of winning, mm-hmm. but I also thought her performance was fantastic, and even though it's not always fun on our envelopes to write down the person that is like the favorite, I ultimately was like i just yeah. really I just really liked her performance in mm-hmm. fences so. and it
1: is it's silly that she hasn't won yeah. The yet yeah yeah
0: she's been she's been very good, yeah all right. Now, best supporting actor. Best supporting actor. We'll name them and we won't forget to do Tom first this time. <laughs> best supporting actor. And I'm just reading them off of this list that I have, so the order is, is totally whatever the order is. <laughs> uh, Mahershala Ali for Moonlight, also for Moonlight. Jeff Bridges for Hell or Highwater. Lucas Hedges, Manchester by the Sea. Deb Patel for Lion. And the surprise of the category, uh, Michael Shannon for Nocturnal Animals, who had won almost no previous awards, hadn't even been included in most. His co-star, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, won the Golden Globe. That's right. He wasn't even nominated. And that's why this category has been interesting, because Mahershala Ali is the perceived frontrunner. But Deb Patel won the BAFTA, the the British Oscar, and Aaron Taylor-Johnson won the Golden Globe. Now both of those are a little more international, but it was very surprising. He's still the perceived front runner, Mahershala Ali, uh, but the, it's been kind of surprising because at these awards were like, are "Oh yeah, he's going to win." And I, I believe he did win the SAG. So I mean, he's had a, he's had a, he's had a win. Right. And then Lucas Hedges. Uh, do you want to say anything about Lucas Hedges and um, Manchester by the Sea?
1: Yeah, he was really good in it. I haven't. I am feeling, like, not really up on my trivia about movies today. Uh, I should have, like, I haven't seen him in anything else. I don't know if he's a complete newcomer uh, or no, not. No, he hasn't
0: been in a lot of stuff. He's okay. Peter Hedges, the writer-director's son. Peter Hedges, who, like, uh, oh. wrote and uh, directed um, Pieces of April. Okay. I think. And been, has been involved in some other movies, like Dan in Real Life. Uh, he's his son, which is oh, kind of cool. I is? I didn't even know that until very recently. Right. Oh. Not like today, Yeah, but like I'll have to go a back month ago I whatever. that. Yeah, anyway, he's really good. I mean, yeah, especially good
1: considering if it's his first kind of like, you know, definitely his first leading big, role. big role. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah, I
0: thought he was very unaffected too. I know he's not mm-hmm. really young. He's not like a child actor in any, by any stretch. But it's a role that could have been kind of like forgive a very stupid thing to say, but like emo or something like that. Yeah, it could yeah. have drifted into like just shut up, man. Yeah. And he does a really good job. Subtlety is the name of the game in Manchester by the Sea. For you sure. Know? It's all about realism. And, and I, I, I don't think he ever broke that, which is really nice. Mm-hmm. And then Dev Patel and Lion, um, who a lot of people have enjoyed. Any, anything you want to add about that? He, mm-hmm. Yeah, he won, he won the BAFTA. He's, he's great. You know, if you've seen Slumdog Millionaire, he's very good. Um, and same thing for him. He's never showy, which I, which I enjoy. Yeah. And definitely someone who could surprise in the category. So, yeah, Tom's pick, Mahershala Ali, the popular pick as well, um, for Moonlight. And, ooh, here we go. Okay. The envelopes are exchanging hands. <laughs> Who goes first You're
1: going. I'm reading I mean, first. you're reading mine, yeah. Right, right, right. Okay. The Chad Durham Oscar <laughs> for Best Supporting Actor goes to Mahershala Ali. Yeah, that's, yeah that's a well said. <laughs> You should present. I know. All right, and and the
0: Jacob Hampton Oscar <laughs> for Best Supporting Actor goes to Oh good, <laughs> Marshaal Ali. Not a mistake, guys. Not a mistake. Sorry
1: for no variation. Not yeah. sorry for picking him. No, and this is one of those like Jake and I spoke
0: just before we started recording the podcast and and going on Facebook Live, um, and sometimes I was tempted. Well, I don't want to pick the one that everyone knows I'll pick or that everyone thinks is going to win. I was not tempted to do that in this category. No, I I thought that his performance from the get go was so good, and it's it's powerful, and it's man, it's just good. And yeah. and I feel like we've exhausted a lot of things to say about about
1: him. Yeah, we have. We uh, we talked in detail about uh, I think both of our favorite scene from that movie, mm-hmm. which is probably my. Also my favorite scene of his acting in that movie, and, um, but yeah, he's great in every minute that he's- Yeah, that he's so, doing.
0: so good, uh, both with his reactions, and you, be- you very much believe him as this kind of, you know, uh, uh, kind of scary drug dealer, but also as a father figure for Chiron, and that's tough to pull off. You know, uh, very, very much the tricky balancing act that Jake talked about with Naomi Harris. Yeah. Where you have to, you have to be real. So you have to play all these things, not just a villain, not just a hero, somebody that's walking through real life and making decisions based on the best for them and, and what they think will work out. Yes. He's good. And I hope he doesn't lose um, because he he deserves it. And he had a great year in the movies. He's also in Hidden Figures and uh, also was on Netflix, Netflix's uh, Luke Cage. He's, he's very good. And I hope we get to see a lot of him. Yeah. All righty, our next category: best cinematography, and I'm hopeful, but I don't know, that we'll have some variation this I think time because I, I spent a lot of time on this category and I just I was not sure where to go. Right. And the names of the cinematographers or the directors of photography are not on <clears throat> my my thing here, but I think I know all of their names. So if I if I mess any up, jump in for me. Okay. But for best achievement in cinematography, uh, Bradford Young for Arrival. Linus, I've seen him on an... It's Linus, not Linus. Linus Sangrin for La La Land. James Laxton for Moonlight. Oh, shoot, I don't know the guy's name for Lion.
1: Yeah, I don't either, sorry. Oh, I'm so
0: sorry. I'm so sorry, I forgot I didn't know his name. And then Rodrigo Pareto for Silence. Um, Cinematography is a favorite thing of mine. Yeah. Um, I'm always enamored with it. And... um, I I thought just like a, a real variety of nominations this year. Yeah. I I was disappointed in Heller Highwater. I knew Heller Highwater probably wouldn't get one. And these are also deserving that it's not like I'm like what? Yeah. Not at all. Um but you have some kind of some dreamy type stuff in Moonlight and Lion. You have some very Martin scorsese uh camera work by Rodrigo Prieto in Silence and it just it's gorgeous and it's long takes. La La Land, they made L.A., as they say, look prettier. I saw an interview with the whole cast, and they said the point was to make real locations look fake. Right. So they're all real locations, but you get a sense of this kind of, not otherworldliness, but kind of, or this ethereality of these scenes, so they can become dreamy and they can suddenly float up. But at the same time, as he walks down a pier, it also has kind of a dreamy or or kind of beautiful aspect. And then Arrival is is very like... um, what word would I use to describe it? I don't know. Gentle? That sounds really weird. <laughs> that sounds weird. I know. I apologize. Uh, Bradford Young is really good. He also shot Selma. Um, oh, that's and, Which is also incredibly well shot. And, and it just really, it really uh, attributes to kind of the, the tone in Arrival as well. I, I had a really hard time. And for, uh, have you heard much about the leading candidates uh, you know, for this category, I don't think I really have. Have you? It appears most people think La La Land will win right. as part of the onslaught.
1: Yeah. And like... we want
0: to talk later, and we will when we get to Best Picture, a little bit about the backlash you know, that's happening with La La Land. But most people think it will not extend. To, the backlash will not extend to the cinematography category where right. he will probably win. Because he, yeah. took, he took LA and just made it into this, this movie set. Yeah. You know, it's it's just kinda cool with the lighting and of course the director deserves a lot of credit as well.
1: Yeah, but I think this is such an important category for like what, like in kind of a sad category because outside of people like us who obsess over film, like nobody cares who a cinematographer yeah. is, you know. They don't even like, have the names
0: on this list that I like oh, that's wow. why I couldn't remember the lion guy.
1: Right, yeah. So and like I should look that up. Yeah, and a lot of times you <laughs> I mean and directors have a part in what you know, they they can have input in how things are shot and, and things like that, but we just so often give directors the credit for, for cinematography when it may not have been the case. So I'm glad it's a category, at least. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. I was trying to look up on my phone the the cinematographer for Lion before we went on because, you know, I wasn't... Um, <laughs>
1: well, I wasn't jabbing I wasn't ready.
0: ready. <laughs> Greg Frazier. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I should have remembered that. I'm mad at myself now. Uh, apologies, Mr. Frazier Because I know you're probably listening um, And if, if La La Land doesn't win I haven't heard any sort of consensus Personally So if that one ends up being people going ah, I don't know, it's LA it's not, you know, it's not the true cinematography With these majestic landscapes and stuff Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't actually know What is next in line right. I know that there's a lot of love For, for Silence um, And Arrival But I don't even know uh, Tom, by the way uh, went with Rodrigo Pareto for Silence. Oh, really? As yeah, as if if Tom's Oscar, uh, if he were if he were giving out the Oscar. Okay. So all right, I think I'm first this time. You are. Woo And Jake's Oscar for cinematography goes to James Laxton for Moonlight. <laughs>
1: what? Okay,
0: we'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But we want to hear want to hear <laughs> what,
1: what who Chad Durham's Oscar okay. goes oh to. Drop the envelope. Chad Durham's Oscar for Best <laughs> Cinematography goes to oh, James Laxton.
0: We we're not going to pick the same thing, I don't think, for the rest of I'm the really time. I'm glad we did. Oh, man. The cinematography like, Moonlight. Is, yeah. Oh. It stood out to me more than anything. Mm-hmm. And, and I love all these things we've talked about. Yeah. But I loved the tone
1: it struck. Yes. For Moonlight. Oh, yeah. What to even say? It's just so beautiful. Like, every no matter what is happening action wise there's like something interesting or just generally good looking happening with the camera work and the angles and uh, all of that
0: a lot of the lighting stuff in certain scenes and it's nominated for editing too which we're not going to give an award out for but it really went hand in hand here Mm -hmm. because you have a lot of just poetic shots that contribute to the feeling of one of the three stories but don't necessarily fit in linearly right and so the editor will just put in these gorgeous shots that just give you a sense of the feeling that the kid is having, or the way that he's viewing life, and hand in hand they just went really well. Yeah. I was interested to see what you picked. Yeah, and I'm I'm kind of glad we both picked Moonlight, uh-huh. even though it's not as exciting for, for the listeners and the viewers. Yeah. because it's a pretty big achievement, right? You know? And if La La Land wins, La La Land is so well shot with all these long takes, and and you know it's just it's a gorgeous movie. But Moonlight, I felt like it was even more essential to. And I know in La La Land it was essential, but even more essential to what that movie was trying to do as far as getting you to understand the way that Chiron was feeling and, yeah. and the way he viewed the world.
1: Yeah, yeah. It created a feeling so well.
0: Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. Alrighty. Um, oh man, we're coming up on, on one so that difficult. I
1: really, really had a
0: hard time with. But before that, best adapted screenplay. Okay, this is best screenplay that was uh, based on previously written material, obviously. That, I think that was the long title that they used to use. Um, and <laughs> yeah, really. And, the, and I don't know all of the names of the people who wrote all of these scripts, and I apologize for that. Um, but Arrival is nominated. I should have written all the names down, and I apologize that I didn't. Uh, Fences, Hidden Figures, Lion, and Moonlight all based on previously written material. Um, Arrival was based on a short story. Fences was based on a play. Hidden Figures was based on a book. Moonlight was based on a play. And Lion, I think, was based on a book as well. I think so. Um, And so, yeah, I don't necessarily have a ton to say. I think all the scripts were very good. Fences, you had the tricky thing of bringing a a play to life that was very static. Um, With Moonlight, that was a play that wasn't very famous. So they were able to kind of do their own thing. With Arrival, you have to expand a story because you start with a short story, so yeah. there's a lot of expansion going on. Hidden Figures, it's about you know, paying tribute to what was real, adding drama, not adding too much drama that you're doing something totally wrong or whatever, and then lying the same the, the idea with a book, except I, I don't think... Was it a true story? Oh, I think it was, actually.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I, 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 you know, again, showing my naivete, I'm not sure. Um, but again, same idea. Okay, what do you keep in? What do you leave? You have a book, you know. What do you do with it? That's the trick, always, of an adapted screenplay. So I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, I'm interested to I see don't what think we know where this is going. No, I do not. Oh, let's do Tom's. <laughs> Tom, uh, Tom's pick. Tom Jones Oscar for a uh, best original, best adapted. Pardon me, screenplay would go to Eric Heiserer, who wrote Arrival. Um, a worthy choice. Did oh yeah, I went first. So, I mean, I went first reading. So, last time. Okay. Durham Oscar? The Cheddarm
1: Oscar for Best <laughs> Adapted Screenplay. It makes me feel play. like I actually
0: have some say. It's this really is, nice.
1: This is credit. This is we're creating credentials right now. <laughs> best adapted screenplay goes to Eric How did you say his name? Hydra, Heiser, yeah. for Arrival.
0: Yes, I agreed with Tom on this one. We've 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 agreed a couple times. We'll get back to that in just a minute. Jake's uh, Oscar for best adapted screenplay goes to, I'm gonna show you guys first. Oh. I can barely even read it. Eric Geiser!
1: A <laughs> little oh, more uniformity. <laughs> but not sorry. <laughs> Definitely uh, my favorite script of the year, I would say overall.
0: Man, it's good. Yeah. And I have not read the short story and I want to. But taking a short story is always a, uh, an interesting proposition because you're dealing with something. But man, what a fantastic script! Um, obviously they delivered and this is one of the arguments for why Amy Adams wasn't nominated it's nominated in all these categories very worthy and yet the people who had to pull off everything Jeremy Renner who wasn't expected to get a nomination or anything and Amy Adams and the rest of the cast nothing and Amy Adams is the center of it the whole time but um, the way the script weaves in flashes to stuff Um, and, and especially for me the way it made, like, linguistics and stuff yeah,
1: interesting. So interesting. And
0: actually, like, you can follow it, and it makes sense. Yeah. And it's not boring. No. And you know what? I mean, I'm an English teacher in real life. <laughs> I don't always uh, go to the fake Oscars and wear bow ties. <laughs> but yeah. um, it, I loved how it kind of dealt with word choice and semantics yes. and stuff. In a way, that, was, that paid off thematically.
1: Like, yeah. What? How do you even do that? How do you do that? Uh, We'll have to have Eric Heisser tell us how to do that. Uh, I'll get him on the phone. Okay. Um, Yes, and a genuine, uh, relevant twist as well, like that was not, that was like very integral to the story, but like also surprising. Like that's my favorite kind of twist. One that's not just like. That's the only kind of twist that really works, right? Right, yeah, yeah. You don't want something cheap that just changes something that you thought you know and that's all it is but this really impacts the emotions that you have of the story um and I've talked enough about this on our our top 10 podcast but it it makes uh subsequent viewings more rewarding and more uh emotionally rewarding too yeah
0: I would I would liken it in some small ways to the script uh M. Night Shyamalan wrote for the sixth sense Mm -hmm. in some small ways in that you're rewarded later on yeah. And, and some surprises that lay in store at the end are so important to what the movie was trying to say. Um, that's it's impressive. Yeah, I didn't know for sure you would pick that, but the, the script is one of the most impressive things about Arrival. Yeah, nice. And we all agree. That's the first time all three of us agreed. No, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> Mahershala Ali, I oh, forgot. Yeah. All right, our next one is best original screenplay, and, and I don't want to say too much before we get into this, but... This was far and away the hardest one for me. And it wasn't even close. Not best picture, not best director, not best actor or best actress or best song or even best cinematography. I had a really hard time and I did not fill out my envelope until incredibly recently, let's just say that. Um, so let's talk a little bit about it. Okay, uh, we've got Hell or Highwater, which is written by T- Taylor Sheridan, who also wrote Sicario. Um, two... There are there first two scripts, and I mean, I, I think one could argue, I've said this before, the two best scripts ever to start a career, but obviously I don't know all the screenplays that were written. La La Land, uh, which was written by Damien Chazelle. The Lobster, which was written by Yorgos Lanthimos and, like, Ifthimus something or other. I don't, I don't remember how you say that other guys. Philippo, I think. Manchester by the Sea, which was written by Kenneth Lonergan. And 20th Century Women, which was written by Mike Mills. and i don't what what have you what's your take on on what's leading
1: this um what is leading it <laughs> do you know uh, i'm saying like have you heard uh, have oh you, like what's my oh like yeah my bad sorry i thought you meant like like you know oh, what's yeah. leading. according now, what you to think? what, yeah because of what's leading, um, what do you think no but like
0: what have you have you gotten a vibe have
1: you read it i haven't gotten think? any vibes i mean i've gotten the uh wait golden globe does it right and la, la land one la, la land one yeah um. So I'm kind of. I don't know if that's leading. Most um, people see it as leading. Right. With, with
0: Manchester by the Sea being the like, the lurking, kind of dark horse, according to a lot of people.
1: Right. Um. I don't know. I feel like it's kind of part of a. I as much as I love everything about La La Land. Um. My the script is not no, and it's my everything about Danny it. Damien Chazelle. It is good.
0: Give us a call. We love you. Yeah. But it's not the. It's, pro, it's pretty far down on the list of the things that really made it work. Right, yeah. Like,
1: it I, I. It's going to sweep so many things, I'm sure. So, yeah. uh, I would have liked to see, I don't know, uh, yeah. a Dark Horse. We'll like, see. Something like. <laughs> well, no. I, I mean, even as a <laughs> yeah, nomination, yeah. I would have liked to see, like, 10 Cloverfield Lane or something. Oh, like yeah. That, you know? But. Uh, which he, which which he was credited go. on because yeah. he wrote <laughs> 10 Cloverfield Lake. Let's just trade it. Yeah. Let's same just name. trade it. Damien, we love you. It's not too late even. Just keep the same <laughs> name and switch out the movie title. <laughs> um, yeah. So,
0: and I want to say before we open these, that those of you who have listened to our top, uh, our top 10, four of these were in my top six. Four. Mm-hmm. Okay. This category drove me insane. Um um, you know, my number one movie was La La Land. My number two movie was Heller or High Water. My number three movie was The Lobster. My number six movie was Manchester by the Sea. These are the best scripts of the year, Arrivals included, Moonlight's included. But but I, you know, I, one of the one of the strongest years for this category that I can remember. I'm very young, sort of, <laughs> but that I can remember in a lot of years of following the Oscars. And some of that is that I've seen a lot of them. Um, More than before. So let me just say a few things about the four I I love. Manchester by the Sea, we talk about this. So subtle, so realistic, so real. Um, Heart-wrenching, but in in ways that don't ever feel forced. Great dialogue. Dialogue that reveals a lot more than what they actually say. Um, The Lobster, brilliantly creative. Um, Satirical, funny, and ultimately about something. La La Land, which I know we weren't bad-mouthing at all, but a great script as far as it had to tie together this musical in a way that felt very modern, and it does, and with a, a beautiful ending, just a gorgeous ending. And then Heller Highwater, High Water, which Taylor Sheridan, man, I love you. <laughs> like, it's... it's uh, that script is... It's gritty, and it reveals so much. All of these scripts reveal so much without telling. They show, they don't tell. There's so much great subtlety. I agonized over this and I'm, st- I'm still not sure about <laughs> what Jake's about to read but it's what I went with if I had a vote today. Okay. I think I, I'm reading yours first, right? Kay. I think so. After oh.
1: Tom's? <laughs> oh, Tom. Tom's still part of this. Yes,
0: he is. Tom and Tom, uh, Tom's vote was for Taylor Sheridan for the Heller Highwater script, which I saw and was like, oh, shout out. <laughs> um, alright. Now, Jake's Mr. Jacob Hampton's <laughs> award for best original screenplay goes to <sighs> Taylor Sheridan. Taylor Sheridan. Oh, Taylor Sheridan Hell or High Heller Highwater. Uh, no, I mean, not surprised in light. Yes, I'm surprised. Okay. I, I, if you had said, tell me what Jake's going to pick, I would have said Manchester by the Sea all the way.
1: Really? All the way?
0: All the wow. way. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. I, it was difficult for me, too. I basically had to just sit down and ask myself. Which of these movies was I most impressed by, like, the simple, uh, like, the way that the story and dialogue, in a simple way, just, like, completely drive the movie, you know? Yeah. Like, that's what I look for most in the script. So, yeah. that's how I landed on Heller No, Highwater. I love that you chose Heller Highwater. Yeah. Um, yeah, just open mine. Okay, okay. <laughs> and the Chad Durham Oscar for Best Original And I'll be honest style. that I, I forgot and only wrote one name. Uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, The Lobster.
0: And Ephthymus Philippo. I should have written his name as well, because he also wrote it with Yorgos Lanthimos. Okay. Um, Yeah, this was hard for me, as you know. And uh, ultimately for me, like, he pulled off such, uh, it's the most bat s. I'll I'll edit, the most bat s crazy of all these scripts, obviously. I wrote something for Rogotours, you can see at Rogotours.com, about hoping it just got nominated. Because to me, it's the most creative script of the year, and Jake and I went in slightly different directions as far as where our vote went. I mean, Taylor Sheridan's script is beautiful. Yes. I, I was glad when I opened it. <laughs> it's crazy that we left off Kenneth Lonergan yeah. because that script is amazing, and and it's it's a tribute to how strong this category is. But yeah, ultimately for me, it was less about the small and simple things and about the most creative thing I saw because the script holds the lobster together, and it's I mean, it's insane. The movie's insane. It's weird, and it's and it's you know it's it's satirical, and it's it's um, it's stilted on purpose, and it's affected in some points. So obviously the actors deserve a lot of credit, but it, what a what a crazy mind! And when I ended the lobster, I thought I really liked that. Uh, that was such a tribute to those two guys who wrote that script. So, but I'm so glad. Double Taylor Sheridan love. Yeah, because I you know I think I'd be slightly disappointed if 20th Century Women run, though I know the script is incredible. But the other four, and I'd be slightly disappointed if La La Land won. But the yeah, other okay. three, I don't think I'd feel any twinge of anything. I would just be like, yes. And, and I mean, it's sad that that may, it may be La La Land. Again, Damien, we love you. Yeah. Tim Cloverfield. Like what have,
1: we, have we given La La Land anything besides um, song so far? Uh, No. Good. Nothing for La La Land at this point. I'm just point. glad, like... Yeah, I'm, we're I'm spreading glad the that love. P- hopefully people feel like this is a little bit different than Oscar night. will probably be. But we'll see. <laughs> Yeah,
0: we'll, we'll get to that. All right, uh, I think we're, up, we're on to Best Actor. We're almost done here. Actor, actress, director, oh yeah, animated feature, and then picture. So Best Actor, and we're doing okay on time, we're doing okay. Yeah. Um, best Actor, uh, let's talk about the nominees. Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea, Andrew Garfield, Hacksaw Ridge, Ryan Gosling for La La Land, Viggo Mortensen for Captain Fantastic, and Denzel Washington for Fences. Is it, do you want to start saying anything about some of these, just generally, as far as um, their goodness or anything you've heard about frontrunners and stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean, it seems like Casey really has it in the bag, basically, right? Is anyone else even close?
0: Yeah, well, at the um, SAG Awards, Denzel Except won.
1: Except for, oh wait, who did? Denzel. Oh, Denzel That was like won. a big surprise. Okay, okay. So, because people
0: are like, "Oh, whoa! Maybe right. this isn't Casey just taking it to that. right." House. Okay,
1: okay, so maybe kind of interesting. Yeah,
0: and I saw a list that listed Denzel in the number one slot from—I don't want to say because I don't remember—but from a, a respected publication. Yeah, interesting because up until then it was seen kind of as he had it, he had right. it in the back. Yeah.
1: Interesting. Um, another kind of similar thing with La La Land. Uh, I. Loved Ryan Gosling in it. It was more. I think more the the thing that I feel isn't as deserving of the nomination is that the role just isn't a best actor kind of role. In my opinion, yeah. I don't know. There's like,
0: a showier role in the movie, and it's Emma Stones. So.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. But he's great. Yeah, he's completely yeah. competent and excellent. <laughs> you know, everything everything he could be in yeah, the yeah, role. Yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. but it's just it's not the material of his character is not something that. Yeah. Necessarily displays an actor's best yeah. actor more so, talent.
0: the Ryan Gosling charm of Ryan Gosling is mm-hmm. most inherent, which is great yeah and and makes the movie fantastic right uh, He has a lot of great line deliveries and he sings really well, and I think a lot of it is they have to sing and dance, and they do a great job, yeah mm-hmm. you know um I wanted to make sure I gave a shout out to De Vigo Mortensen, who I seriously considered writing on this, and i don't want to like he's not who I wrote, sorry, but I know I took one away i'm so sorry. But if you have not seen Captain Fantastic out there, he is really good. And I had not seen the movie when the Oscar nominations came out, and I have now. And when they first came out, I, there was a twinge of disappointment for me. Um, I don't even remember right now in my mind who I was hoping would get it, but like, oh, okay. Um, and, and I take it all back, the twinge I felt, because he is great. And, and the, it's, he, the role requires it. He's acting with a lot of uh, young actors and actresses, not necessarily child, but like teenagers and in their early 20s. And he has to kind of corral them all and lead them all and you have to believe that he's their dad. And um, man, is he good. I, I was very impressed. Um, so so a shout out to him and apologies for spoiling that his name's not on my list. And then, of course, Denzel in a really showy role and he kills it like he always kills it um, in Fences. And then Andrew Garfield's really good in Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, he is. Uh, the movies, I, I think the problem is that the, the role is so underwritten. Yeah. He's just, to me, he's just a saint from, you know. Oh, yeah. Beginning to end. Uh, he's more virtuous than everyone else, and he saves so many lives, and he stands, sticks to his principles, and he's religious, and he you know, loves his wife. <laughs> I mean, it's just. Yeah,
1: it becomes uninteresting because. Mm-hmm.
0: And tribute to him, he's the thing keeping it enough interesting, yeah. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, so shout out. All right, let's do it. I think you're, you're reading the Chad Durham Oscar okay. first.
1: The Chad Durham Oscar for Best Actor goes to... Oh, actor. Casey Affleck, Manchester by the Sea. Right, and we didn't do Tom's because I always forget.
0: <laughs> and Tom fun. went with Denzel. Oh, that's right. Point counterpoint, Tom went with Denzel Washington, who is incredibly deserving of all the acclaim um, because it's, it's just an explosive role. Mm-hmm. You know, And it's one that it feels like Denzel can do but there were some more shades to it, and it's a role he played you know, on the stage and stuff, so it's very cool. Um, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> Jacob Hampton's Oscar for Best Actor goes to... What?
1: <laughs> Casey Affleck. Casey Affleck. Casey freaking Affleck. Affleck. The internet's going to be in uproar <laughs> about this one. <laughs> the internet.
0: Oh. Can you believe Chad and Jacob, <laughs> Rogo Tours, both went with Casey <laughs> Affleck? He's the favorite. Are they just like, Picking the favorites? What's their deal? <laughs> um, what do you want to say about Casey? Um, you know, I talk a lot.
1: I know. I keep I fixing my
0: bow tie. People out there in podcast land. It's I'm not that interesting. In house, but... Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Should I talk first? Talk for like 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, great script in this movie. Great direction by Kenneth Lonergan. Great performances by Lucas Hedges and Michelle Williams. But a- as with most of these roles, and that's why Ryan Gosling we didn't feel was as deserving, because he is not the focal point. And the other four, can I be, yep, the other four are by far the focal point. They must carry the movie. And Casey Affleck is, and I've been, I've thought he was great before. I think he was so, he did such underrated work in Gone Baby Gone. And I wish more people talked about him in Gone Baby Gone. Because I, I, I saw that and thought like, oh my gosh, I, I didn't even realize you were a good actor. I know that's a, I know that's a backhanded compliment, but, <laughs> um, but he ups it in this he has to speak so much without words uh i i you know it's 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 pretty mesmerizing
1: yeah it is um he makes things he makes like the mundane things that the movie portrays really interesting uh and he I, he's what makes it about a character doing those things cuz like yeah you could film somebody like I don't know, shoveling snow and whatever else it is yeah. that he does, you know? And it, uh-huh. it could just feel like a portrayal of that activity. But when Casey Affleck does it, it's, I don't know, somehow you can feel the character and the way he delivers all the dialogue throughout the movie. And um <laughs> and, and like Chad said, yeah, without words too, Uh, in the small moments, it's just a very subtle performance that makes me want to understand the character of Lee. Yeah.
0: And it's it's complex. That was perfect. Um, <laughs> it's complex, and uh, one of the things that I love, the script helps with this, but it resists cliché so often. With the exception of some scenes and bars that I felt like were very much like, oh yeah, that's exactly what we expect. Outside of that, I mean, it, all of it was played in a way that was unexpected to me, but felt real. Yeah. Doesn't feel like. And, and, and like as a theme for me, you've heard at the Chad Durham Oscars, there'd be a lot of awards handed out for not being showy for not being over the top for portraying things in a way that, you know, requires the viewer to really be engaged. Yeah. And um, Casey Affleck feels like a friend, um, you know, a distraught friend, a friend who you wish could somehow find what he needs in life based on some of the tragedy he's been through, but someone nonetheless who you could walk up to and sit next to and put your arm around and, not like a movie creation. Yeah. And a lot of that goes to him and, of course, uh, Kenneth Lonergan.
1: Yeah. And a lot of the emotional scenes, um, especially the one uh, that where he and Michelle Williams run into each other on the street, um, just when they have these, I don't know, kind of like emotionally rigorous conversations, uh, there's just something about it that feels more real. Yeah. to me than the average As my, I enjoy bombastic performances where yeah. people act in ways that m- most people would never act in real life um, but there's also a, a, an emotional chord that gets struck with me when I see performances that feel like a fight or cry session that you could really have with somebody
0: yeah, yeah. it's a, it's a moving movie and, yeah. and Casey Affleck if he hadn't nailed it, it would never, no one would have loved it like they do much love alright, best actress best actress um, let's run through them Isabel Huppert from Elle Ruth Nega from Loving Natalie Portman from Jackie Emma Stone, La La Land and Meryl Streep for Florence Foster Jenkins um, any thoughts? I'll say Isabel Huppert is getting a lot of love for, for taking a an incredibly like kind of disturbing and hard to nail role and making it sympathetic like we talked about a little bit earlier Ruth Nega um she had a, a, a partner there in Joel Edgerton who was also very good, but at least someone from it got singled out. That's Jeff Nichols loving. It's the only nomination for it, I believe, in in, in the whole thing. So it's nice that it was able to show up there. Yeah. And she's very subtle as well. Uh, do you wanna take any of the others just Uh
1: I don't wanna say that much before other sure. than that it was this was my most difficult category. Ooh. And, and I'm I, still doubting my decision. But... Right,
0: right. I I wanted to mention briefly Meryl Streep. She does good work. She's good in Florence Foster Jenkins. I I wish that spot had gone to someone else. Get her
1: out. Give it to Amy. It's well
0: documented. It's well documented. We'll say no more. But I had not seen Florence Foster Jenkins before. I have. Meryl Streep is great because she's always great. I haven't ever seen anything in it where I was like, ooh, false note, Meryl. (laughs) But uh, it seems like there are some other people we could have gotten there that were just as good this year. And then what most people perceive as the favorites... Uh, who most people perceive, Emma Stone and Natalie Portman Natalie Portman has won before for Black Swan she's, she's pretty great in Jackie
1: oh you saw that now?
0: she's pretty great and she's really subtle and, and now I don't want to say too much either, obviously we're about to open them it's interesting because I, I, without saying anything, I think that her performance is helped more by the direction and the music and the kind of off offbeat if that's is that too strong no offbeat approach that Pablo Lorraine took to directing to directing um well and I'm not saying anything but like um and then Emma Stone is interesting because I've seen multiple articles and I've said it before reference that audition is what's going to win her this award she's great in the whole thing but there's there's something so amazing about that scene where she sings audition in one take um that, uh, you know, makes everything else feel better yeah. through the movie. So we won't have to say a lot after. Jake will, because he had an agonizing decision. But <laughs> here we go. Um, I don't remember who went first last time.
1: I think I did.
0: You read my... Yeah, because I had forgotten, I think, Tom again. Yeah. So let's do Tom. Tom, <laughs> uh, his best actress was Ruth Negga, which I thought oh. was really cool. yeah. Oh. You know, uh, the loving actress who, who you know, doesn't, kind of burst on the scene in a lot of ways. She's been in stuff. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is where I saw her most prominently, and I thought she was very good. Um, but yeah, Ruth Nega, shout out there. Uh, Jake's Best Actress Oscar goes to
1: Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. Oh, Yes. Uh, do you want me to explain why it was difficult, or do you want me yeah, to... Yeah, no, go for it now. Okay. We'll come back to mine, it's cool. So, actually, um, At this
0: point, we have two different picks. This is... Have we had... Th- oh, I don't, yeah. I don't know that we've had three different yet. Spoiler. No, no, no. Well, we'll see if we do. we we'll I'm saying I don't know, but this... We've gone through two already. Okay. And we don't have a repeat, repeat yet, right, so... Right,
1: right. Uh, um... So, actually, it... I feel bad saying it. It wasn't difficult because of Emma Stone. It was difficult between Natalie and Isabel.
0: Oh, you saw Elle.
1: I saw Elle. (laughs) I was really, really impressed with how Isabel Huppert made me feel like... Basically made me really concerned that I'm a sociopath. Because I was like, (laughs) I... Like... I've this been character... concerned about that for a long time, but I never brought it up. <laughs> this character really seems like a sociopath, and, like, I should be hating everything she does. Yeah, I am, like, really sympathizing with a lot of these scenes and actions and just the way that she is living. So, that was a really interesting nice. accomplishment to me. Yeah. Um. And, yeah, but I ended up going with Natalie because it's just... Uh I it's don't a, know. it's a great performance. It's a great performance and what ended up yeah, what ended up making the difference for me is just that uh Natalie Portman's performance felt more I don't know, kind of like all consuming, like I don't know, you can tell she really buried herself she in She buried role. herself yeah. in it completely whereas Isabel I'm still I'm still going back and forth. Isabel was more <laughs> she was more in everyday situations. It was more just her reactions to them were what made the performance so interesting. But Natalie was was very yeah, she's good. Yeah. I've never yeah. seen anything like it. I mean, I I don't even, I have it's not like I've researched um Jacqueline Kennedy that much. No, I don't no know. Right. It's not like I'm an expert in her mannerisms or anything <laughs> yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. but um but I feel like I could be now that I've seen <laughs> this performance. Because of you, Natalie Portman. Call <laughs> um, even, even though it would be her second win, Isabel Huppert's made 100 movies or whatever, has never been nominated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Emma Stone hasn't won, so I, it was difficult. Oh, for sure. But I gave it to Natalie. Yeah, let's see I'm who I gave for it to. Chad Durham's Oscar for Best Actress goes to. Uh oh, if I don't destroy it. I taped all video. of mine <laughs> just to make it like even
0: more hard for Jake. Emma Stone. Emma La La Stone. Oh my gosh. What All a shocker. All three different as I already foreshadowed. But um, <laughs> for me it was Emma Stone and, and, and uh, Natalie Portman. And this one went down to the wire. Maybe not as much for you. But ultimately, obviously I had a lot of love for the movie La La Land. And similar to the Amy Adams arrival thing, someone has to be the anchor. And she was. Right. And and it pays off in what is a doozy of a scene. Um, that... that if Emma Stone's name is called is probably a lot of the reason that it is. And we've covered it before. I don't want to say too much. Uh, the takeaway here is that there are lots of great performances um, that are worth you seeking out and finding in the best actress category. No matter what name is called on that day, Loving's pretty small. Elle's pretty small. Um, and, and even Florence Foster Jenkins, is it's fun. It's fun to see Hugh Grant, too. Uh, he hasn't been on the screen in a while. So. All righty. We're getting to the big three. Best Director, Best Animated Feature, and Best Picture. So let's start with Best Director. Best Director here, we've got Denise Villeneuve for Arrival, Mel Gibson for Hacksaw Ridge. What? (laughs) Damien Chazelle for La La Land, Kenneth Lonergan for Manchester by the Sea, and Barry Jenkins for Moonlight. And this this is a stacked category. I mean, cool for Mel Gibson that he's back or whatever, but the movie, I don't know. It's 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 not subtle and I think <laughs> I think the direction could have helped it be a, could have helped it be a little more subtle and it didn't. Is it technically sound? Yes, most definitely. Are there some pretty scenes? Oh yes, most definitely. But uh could this spot that spot could have gone to a lot of other people that maybe even deserved it a little more. For me most especially, um David Mackenzie for or Highwater. Um and then even um Garth Davis for Lion, I feel like they were a little more deserving and also don't haven't ever been there before. It Would have been nice. Um, Villeneuve uh, for Arrival. I mean, that movie is so well directed, and it really mm. understands what it wants to be. And the, and balancing it with Sicario last year for me, uh, my one of my other big time favorites. They're so different.
1: Yeah, they're so that's different. That's true. He almost deserved it for that alone. Yeah,
0: just for being so different. Um, and then Kenneth Lonergan. I love that he got nominated because the movie doesn't scream best director, but you know, from the get go, he has had assured total control, mm-hmm. and and I love that he he got a shout out for that. Yeah. Um, thoughts on Barry Jenkins or Damien Chazelle? Just again, just in general.
1: Just in general, I think it's prob well, Kenneth could win, but I've, it seems like it's probably neck and neck for them it's for like, those two, for Damien Chazelle win, and, yeah. and
0: Barry Jenkins. Yes.
1: Which yeah, and I'm.
0: Which I'm totally behind. Those two being the neck and neck frontrunners, even though yeah, Arrival's Well, great. and
1: because they're also neck and neck for Best Picture, and sometimes yeah. Best Director can almost become a, a second choice for Best Picture. It yeah, seems sometimes, like, times, right? When well, yeah. they
0: split them. Mm-hmm.
1: So we'll see. I, I'd be I'd be very happy with either one. Um, Me they too. both they both had to have very complete visions and very complete visions. Good yeah. gosh. Mm-hmm. And they, and well they both said. pulled it off. Really
0: yeah, that's funny. a that's a great word to choose. As far as the, what makes them stand out, um, Tom went with Denis Villeneuve or okay, Denise. Yeah. It's, it's not um, English, obviously. Um, and, and Tom had a lot of love for the movie Arrival this year. And so a, a very worthy choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, definitely not the one on the Academy's radar, but uh, he, he's, he's great. I can't wait to see what he, he keeps doing with. Yeah, for uh, sure. Blade Runner, and I think Dune after that. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I made that up. Go IMDb at, at people out there in Facebook Live, and then comment and tell us. All right, um, you're going. I'm reading reverse. mine. Yeah,
1: best director. <laughs> okay.
0: I had a hard time with this one, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Chad, there. Who had a hard time with this? I one. Did, I did. I did. I did. I did. I did. Best director two. I know. Damien Chazelle. (laughs) I know, it's
0: so obvious. Oh, I'm so sorry. We'll talk about it in a minute. (laughs) I'm interested to see, with the wrestle between La La Land and Moonlight, that you especially had on our top ten, Best Director for Mr. Jacob Hampton in the 2017 Academy Awards goes to... Damien Chazelle! Oh!
1: Ah, Twitters!
0: (laughs) Whoa. right. and, And... It was one of those things where, you know, without revealing my best picture, and I'm not, I thought a lot about the two of them and what it meant. The two categories. And what it would mean to either split them, keep them both the same, etc., if I were actually voting. Ultimately, the technical challenge of La
1: La Land. Right? Yeah. I haven't directed movies, but it seems to me like that was the... The bigger feat, probably. Directorially. Directorially. <laughs> yeah,
0: and that's, that's... what Because when you have to make a choice, just like the Academy voters, when you have to make a choice, mm-hmm. you have to find something that means that, that indicates what choice you should make. Yeah. And as you look at La La Land and Moonlight, which for me were the two I was wrestling between as well, um, Barry Jenkins is, inc- is incredible. Yeah. And Moonlight, it, the artistic vision of Moonlight, um, that movie would not have worked... Without somebody who really understood what what they were doing, any you know he wrote the script too, um, but all the technical aspects. Of, I mean, watching just watching another day, another day of sun at the beginning, yeah, and thinking like, holy cow, like what they had to do to pull that oh off. Oh my god! And <laughs> then for it to all work so well, yes, uh, it was just hard not to give it to Damien Chazelle for, for that for that feat, especially it, on the heels of Whiplash, which is so well directed. as Yeah. One. He just... I mean, he's so young, but, like, he deserves it for these first two features. Yeah. Or, if if you count Guy and Madeline on a park bench. But these last two features that he made, like, I mean, it's hard to argue with with the movies he put out.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He never lets up in La La Land. He, every... From start to finish, it's... Every single scene is meticulously planned, and... Yeah, he didn't have to do that. I don't know. He could have made... Just the musical number is bombastic and, like, that's it, you know, and filled in the rest. But, like, I, I don't know. You have the freaking epilogue scene, like, which that alone must have... I've never read about, like, how long it took them to shoot everything. And, yeah. But, like, so much work. So many colors and sets and costumes and choreography. Yeah. It, And he's been working on it for years and years, right? So Yeah, six years, they say. Yeah. Um, so I, I do want him to have it.
0: Yeah, I mean, and he deserves it. I mean, mm-hmm. and Barry Jenkins, call us. We love you. Yeah, the, um, Moonlight is such an amazing achievement that if his name is called, I will not feel sad.
1: No, 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 I won't. I
0: really I won't. won't. I'll think like, ooh, Damien Chazelle. Wow, what do you have to do to win? <laughs> but I won't be sad, and I'll be like, oh, Barry Jenkins. Like, what? What a testament to what he did with Moonlight. You yeah, know? for sure. Yeah. All right. Last two: best animated feature, best picture okay? Um, Best animated feature may end up being kind of anticlimactic, perhaps, for us. I don't want to say too much. And I I, I haven't admitted this very much, but there were a couple of these I have not seen that I really want to see, and I just have been unable to track them down. But best animated feature film, Kubo and the Two Strings, Moana, My Life as a Zucchini, The Red Turtle, and Zootopia. Okay? Zootopia, mostly uh, for its kind of complex themes, its take on like stereotypes and racism in a way that were dig- was digestible for young kids, but also in a way where it was resonant. It's a, a, lot, I, a lot of people thought it might even get a screenplay nomination. I kind of wish it had yeah, just because would it would have been fun. cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Red Turtle, I've heard, is wordless,
1: Oh. and it's Studio
0: Ghibli. If not wordless, very few words. Oh. That and sounds so like a great be, way
1: for me to try and get back into Studio Ghibli.
0: Yeah, it's supposed to be very like dream dreamlike. I know I've used that mm-hmm. term a lot. Uh, My Life is a Zucchini, which I've seen clips and the animation is gorgeous and just really cool. Maybe gorgeous is the wrong word. Uh, Very unique in a cool way. Uh, Moana, which, you know, another great one from from Disney. If you you listen to our Top Ten podcast, it was in Jake's Top Ten. And then Kubo and the Two Strings, which is also nominated for Best Visual Effects.
1: Yeah. It's the first time
0: in 20 years or something that an animated movie had been nominated for Best Visual Effects. Awesome. So pretty cool. Um, Tom, Tom Jones, Oscar for Best Animated Feature Film, went to Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, I don't, I don't know. We'll see what happens with these other two. Jake's, for Animated Feature Film, went to Kubo and the Two Strings. And is...
1: <laughs> went to...
0: You're not going to believe this. Kubo and the Two Strings. Kubo. Um... If you, if you have ever liked Leica stuff before, and even if you haven't, even if you, you haven't. should go, you should run down uh, Kubo and the Two Strings. It's, it's magical, it's moving, it doesn't pander to little kids. No. Has good voice work. Wildly imaginative. Yeah. So wildly imaginative. I want to watch it again right now.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you chose it.
0: I don't know yeah. why I always
1: think that you don't like it very much. Oh, no. But, I'm,
0: I'm all in on Kubo. Yeah. yeah. Okay, it's, it's probably, I mentioned earlier, um, if Audition won, it might be my biggest high. If okay. Kubo won, it's up there. Yeah. Okay, it's good. up there, like oh, right yeah. behind oh, it I'm as a be biggest high, Because Zootopia is the juggernaut. We didn't discuss that earlier, and I apologize. Zootopia is the juggernaut. A lot of lists I saw had Moana second, even. Because it's just the safe choice?
1: It is. Quality Disney.
0: Bo- both of them are quality yeah, Disney. Yeah, right. And they're both, they're both safer choices than Kubo. And I'm hopeful that Zootopia and Moana actually split. That's what I'm hoping
1: Oh uh, yeah, that might be how it happens. And then Kubo
0: sneaks in with the people giving kind of the love for the creativity. Yeah. Which is, I mean, this falls in the same category for me as The Lobster, where I just wanted to reward the, the creativity. Yeah. The, the wild imagination that right. Jake just yeah. mentioned.
1: There will be loud cheering at the... Rogotour's exclusive Oscar party Yes
0: Before we go to best picture um, We're going to Facebook live some no, no more podcasts But next week are the Oscars uh, I almost said August February 26th 6.30 I think P.M. Mountain Standard Time So wherever you are You can adjust yeah. um, But we are going to have A Rogotour's Oscar party With a lot of our Former collaborators People who've guested on the podcast um, And so we'll do a lot of Very small Facebook live videos like one minute, two minute, 30 second ones. If there's a crazy surprise, we'll go to Jake or we'll go to my mm-hmm. sister or you know whoever else is there and just be like, whoa, what'd you think about that? Or, or people who have knowledge, we'll show you some of the snacks that we come up with We'll um, do
1: reenactments
0: of choreography <laughs> from La La Land. <laughs> uh, now I'm even more excited. <laughs> um, yeah, but you can, you can check that out and see some of our reactions if you're around. If you're watching it, you might as well just have Facebook up, have Rogo Tours over there, and you can comment when you, when you see your likers or whatever. So we're doing pretty well on time. We don't want to go too long, but best picture. It's the biggest category of the night, obviously. Uh, eight, eight. I think one, two, three, four, five, six. Oh, nine. Nine this year. Oh, good. Um, it's I somewhere like... between five and ten. There are a lot of complicated rules. There have been eight or nine every year since they've switched to that yeah. rule. Do you and
1: like that? I do. I kind of wish they just did. I wish they had the rules so that somehow it just gave ten slots. Oh yeah, ten would that. be great.
0: Yeah, I like that. It's more than five. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty much. Five.
1: I can't believe it used to be five. At know, this and point. it used to be
0: five not that long ago. Like
1: Five or six years ago. But right? then you yeah. see
0: these and you're just like, oh my gosh, like. Something like my second favorite movie of the year, *Heller Highwater, in a five-year may not get nominated. It may have. It was on yeah. the cusp, but it may not. And just, it's a lot of prestige for a movie like that. Yeah. Someone, something that maybe people didn't see, and then they're more inclined to go see it. Right. So *Heller Highwater's one. Hidden Figures, which is cool. Um, La La Land, Lion, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, Arrival, Fences, and Hacksaw Ridge are the nine nominees a lot of these you've already heard a lot because they're well-loved in all the categories. Um, I want to take a moment before we even delve any further into La, La Land Backlash. Like,
1: oh, as yeah. Jake
0: said when we were talking the other day, he said the La, La Land Backlash is in... Full effect or something. I can't remember your exact quote. Yeah, but. I
1: don't know. Something about the train being full speed. Yes,
0: there it is. The uh, backlash train is going full speed. Yeah. Because there's a lot of love for La La Land and that brings a lot of people out like, I didn't think it was that good. And now suddenly it's expected to win so then people like, well, I'm going to vote for something else. And you you, know, you never know, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, it's, it's the cool thing to hate it now. And I don't know. Yeah. In my... In my in my experience. Um, in what you've dealt with. In film classes and stuff that I'm in at school, yeah. It's like, people love to hate it. And so, people will be mad if if it wins, and it probably will. Um, don't hate, appreciate. But don't hate, appreciate. Uh, I just don't know how... Yeah, anyway. That's... Yes, yeah. Yeah. So, uh,
0: other things here. Hacksaw Ridge, that was kind of a surprise. Bad. The, the, that movie and Hidden Figures, which are both... Their own thing, and they're good in their own right, and I'm not making fun of Hidden Figures, but they are both very. They feel like a very safe type of choice. Yeah. For for Best Picture, which is fine, but they they very much hit the same script beats that you're supposed to hit in, yeah. in that type of movie, um, and you know they take you where you expect them to go, and you know, and that's cool. <laughs> um, but you know there are some more adventurous picks here, obviously like Moonlight, Manchester by the Sea, um, Hell or High Water, I think, and Arrival. These are a lot more adventurous yeah. type picks as far as best picture. Those goes. are
1: those are the things I want to remember the year by. Yeah, you know, in film, Chad told me that. Watching Hacksaw Ridge felt like he was watching a 90s uh, Best Picture nomination, I think, which I thought was so accurate. It's very apt. You go back and you watch
0: something like, I don't know, The English Patient, or mm-hmm. even movies that I have really enjoyed, like, uh, I don't know, Dances with Wolves or something like that, yeah. which is good. Kevin Costner, call us. Um, but uh, yeah, it just feels it's very, 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 yeah. Inspirational
1: yeah. war movie 90s. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Arrival, I'm so glad. Arrival and Hell or High Water, like when they got nominated, I, I was at, at least at peace because those were two that some people felt were, were on the borderline that were I, I just thought were impressive movies that needed people to realize they were great yeah. to get them out into the theater. Um, and then Lion as well, which is in some ways formulaic but also takes some kind of cool detours and especially in the filmmaking itself as far as the cinematography which is great. Um, and the kind of two halves of the story when he's little and then when he's Deb Patel, um, are is is pretty good, um, but yeah, Moonlight and La La Land, they're the achievements of the year in our opinion. I know I had Moonlight fourth, but that's just a personal thing. Moonlight's fantastic, you know. It could have been anywhere from one to five, um, so good. But they are the achievements though, as far as the way they've moved people, the way they've got people talking, whether or not we put either of those in the mind of the Academy and in, in the prognosticators you read, if a name besides those two was called, there it would be a huge surprise. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a crazy surprise. So, without further ado, let's finish our podcast with our picks for Best Picture. Tom Jones, the Tom Jones Oscar for Best Picture goes to Arrival. He was a big fan of Arrival. He said it wasn't his favorite movie of the year, but definitely his favorite of the nominees. And for his piece, he did write us a little note where he said... He, I'll read what he said. He loved La La Land, but outside of the music, he didn't believe it was the best of everything by any means. So he's definitely not on the same kind of, not backlash necessarily, maybe, maybe contributed a little bit, but the idea of, yeah, I mean, but he didn't hate on it in any way, shape, or form. So, best picture. Okay. Let's, I feel like we should read your, do you want yours to go last or first? I don't uh, remember what order we went in before.
1: I don't know. You can read mine first. Alright, let's the do finale. it.
0: Okay. Jacob Hampton's Award, the twenty seventeen Oscars for Best Picture goes to La La <laughs>
1: Land. There it is. At Jacob Hampton twenty six, B man. At
0: Jacob Hampton twenty six,
1: that's Twitter. That's a Twitter. That handle. is Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I was retorn, retorn <laughs> between La La Land and Moonlight, which my my one and two, respectively, uh, movies of the year. But I mean, it wouldn't have made sense to do. It. I could have justified, I guess, switching oh, yeah. for this. Oh, for sure. Um, since the, I guess I thought a, about it. This is more about, I guess, crowning something as best instead of personal favorite. Right. Um, but for basically the reasons we talked about, giving Damien best director, I feel like La La Land is a bigger achievement. You know, it's a, a similar measurement that I that I use for this category. I guess. So.
0: Yeah, and also. I'll say about mine in just a minute.
1: Okay. The Chad Durham Oscar for Best Picture goes to... Hacksaw Ridge. (laughs) (laughs) La La Land. It was La La Land. Curveball. (laughs) Hacksaw Ridge. I lied the whole time. I
0: loved it. Andrew Garfield as Saint Desmond Doss or whatever his name is. Anyway, uh, La La Land. And what's interesting for me is what Jake just said. And I don't know how Academy voters do it, because there are these other things that kind of enter in. And for me, I thought, like, if I were actually voting, I might be swayed, in this case, to pick hell or high water. In that, if I were actually voting, and I really was saying to myself, everyone's going to vote for La La Land. Mm-hmm. But then at the same time, you also probably say to yourself as a voter, but does that movie have any chance? Right. You know? Yeah. And... Like Jake said about his Moonlight vote and everything, ultimately, what what I feel was the best film of the year, and in the way that everything fit together, it, it felt like it had to be La La Land. And if they split and give Barry Jenkins Moonlight, uh, Barry Jenkins Best Director for Moonlight, like that'd be kind of cool too. Yeah, yeah, be uh, and I hope Moonlight. We you know we gave a lot of love to the cinematography, Mahershala Ali, Jake, Naomi Harris, who was fantastic. So it could come away with it could come away with three four Oscars. it could also come away with one yeah and so i'm a fan of supporting it wherever it gets support you know i think in jake's jake's version it got three Mm -hmm. and in my version it got two right
1: no way i yeah yeah is that right yeah i think that's right (laughs) yeah Mm
0: -hmm. so so you know we definitely have love for it and we definitely didn't award everything to la la land
1: no, as you know, we didn't sleep.
0: Um, we're very excited for the Oscars, and we hope some of you out there are watching this. Going to embed this on um, the Rogue O'Tours website. So you can watch it on Facebook Live. You can tell your friends to watch it on Facebook Live. Uh, or once I get the podcast up, it'll be on iTunes and SoundCloud. But also, I'll have this linked as well. So you can, if you want to watch us hang out in bow ties, Jake with his. Uh, awesome suspenders and see us actually open them up and see the sting hanging out above me you, you can we're very excited for the oscars is are there are there any final thoughts i know we've mostly exhausted i just want to make sure you didn't have something you really wanted no, to chime in with
1: I'm, i think i've exhausted i'm just yeah. i'm excited yeah very excited
0: we'd love for you to hang out with us that day uh on facebook live and just watch uh some of the small videos that we'll do so thanks a lot thank thank you out there in podcast land for listening Um, and uh, I'm Chad Durham I'm Jake Hampton and we appreciate your, your support thanks